Hey there, you're here with Ash Pauls, and I'm doing things a little differently this time because I have my friend here, Chrissy. Hi, Chrissy. Hi. <laughs> and the reason why Chrissy is with me is because we had an interesting experience together, which neither of us fully understand, but I thought would be really cool to share with you guys and see if anyone's experienced anything similar. So the story starts out that I'm a past life regressionist and not a suave one at that. Um, I took an online course. I've done it probably a handful of times. Good results. We started off and she was doing it as well as our friend Shauna. Shauna went through, had her regression. I thought maybe Chrissy had fallen asleep. And then Chrissy comes in thinking into the conversation, thinking she's going to tell us that nothing happened. But she had an experience unlike anything I've ever heard of in this situation. Now, Chrissy, would you explain briefly what it is your illness is that you deal with so that people understand the kind of condition you were in before this started? Yes, it is called APS type 3C. It's a rare autoimmune disorder, and um, it spawns other autoimmune disorders like psoriatic arthritis and connective tissue disease and fibromyalgia, which I have all of. And, and it uh, is debilitating pain with that. Yes, yes. I'm uh, on medical marijuana for the pain, and it has greatly helped, and I am not zombified like I was on morphine. But so that's something I, we both recommend. By the way, for those of you chronic pain sufferers, if you want medical marijuana, it has actually been proven to help a lot of people with chronic pain. Yes. But I do need to state that when we did the regression, I had not used marijuana. Okay, that I didn't know. Okay, so coming out of the regression, what were you thinking at first? I was thinking, oh man, I don't want to have to tell her it didn't work. <laughs> and then I heard something about a dragon and I was like, dang, I didn't get no dragon. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then um, after that I sat up and started to tell you that nothing happened mm -hmm. and I sat up really fast faster than I can usually sit up and I think that was when you guys first saw the look on my face yeah Chrissy actually has in her home uh actual hospital bed for her because she does have such a hard time with her health issues that she needs up for proper support, even against her skin. So for her to just come flying up, I don't think has happened in the time that I've known you, which was pretty cool. No. And what were you going through? Like sort of explain in a sense, like what you felt coming out of it. I'll let you sort of explain since you were the one that kind of went through it. Okay. Well, I sat up. Well, okay. Back up a little bit. Before I came back to myself or whatever before, or right before we finished up the regression, um, 
all I saw was, well, not saw. It was more like I was a, a part of a light. I mean, like a light that was around you and everywhere. And this regression was actually to take them back to any possible past lives. Since the three of us are all skeptical of that, we thought, why not test it out on these two? Because they're critical like I am. So this was not anything to do with a light. It was literally, they go down a set of stairs into a corridor. They're supposed to pick a door and go into a past life. But Chrissy didn't technically experience that. Yeah, for me, when you were describing it, there was only one door. Oh, wow. But, That's cool. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I I didn't realize there was supposed to be more than one door. And you went through, um, it was like but, this really a bright light that you felt all around you or that you're a part of well yeah like i could i could um see the light through the door and then it was like i all of a sudden i was in it oh really do you remember even turning the knob to go in no i don't even remember walking down the hallway oh wow yeah that's crazy it was just like I was standing there going, well, I guess that's my door. And then, bam, I was inside. And how did you or how did you feel like during that moment when you're in this light? What were you thinking? Um, well, part of me was thinking, so this is that light. Because I have uh, passed away four times previously. And uh, when I did, my experience didn't involve a light and, and chariots and a big voice or anything like that. So at first I thought this is the light. And then I realized that um, it wasn't something that I was going forward into. It was something I had gone backwards into. And I knew that uh, whatever this was the only word that came to my brain was home like it was my I don't know my first home or where I was I, I, I don't know so you felt like I mean, instead of like going forward in life like where I say like your life would have ended like I had when you had had your death experiences before you actually felt like you were regressed back into the light Yes. Oh, interesting. But I didn't go into any lives either. I just. Which is interesting because you and I are both very critical when it comes to experiencing um, things for ourselves before we believe it. So. Right. It's kind of cool that like we've always talked of Chrissy because of her experiences that she would be what would be considered an earth angel. And earth angels don't usually have past lives, do they? Not that I'm aware of. Uh, as far as I know, they are supposed to be uh, angels who, I guess, are um, sent down to earth in human form mm -hmm. to... Um, I guess basically serve uh, whatever purpose uh, for man. Now, 
with yours, obviously this kind of confirms that in a sense, because when we went through kind of what an earthing bill was, which I'll have you do in a little bit, um, you fit that criteria, obviously, with the regression, because you felt like you just went home. You didn't actually go to a past life. From there, right? what did you what made you feel like you were an earth angel to begin with? What was it that you resonated with? You mean ever? Yeah. Uh, well, I just sort of came by it naturally because it had been mentioned to me in the past and I just like shrugged it off. Like, yeah, right. How could I be an angel? I've, you know, been addicted I've you know dealt with um other things that would make me not perfect Mm -hmm. and I've had this image of like a perfect being which would be the image of an angel but an earth angel is different from an angel and if I recall I don't know but one of the things that actually made an earth angel was someone who had been through some pretty hard times, like things like addiction and stuff like that. So in reality, that set you up to better understand what other people in that situation are going through, right? Yeah. So even though yeah, it was I don't, a stereotype, you actually did fit the perfect example of an earth angel. Mm-hmm. Now, you've had experiences of your own basically your whole entire life from the time you were little. And Mm -hmm. these were a lot in your dreams that you dealt with or at nighttime when you would be in your bed. Would you mind discussing that at all with? No, I don't mind. Okay. For you, I am an open book. Um, Okay, which experiences? Any of them. I'm thinking more the children. Okay. When I was little... um, I had these playmates that I would play with and, uh, you know, they like basically just seemed to be there whenever I wanted to play. And, uh, I would be sitting by myself quietly playing when I didn't think my parents were around and I would talk to them. And up to this point, I didn't really talk a whole lot and I would just have conversations with them. But as soon as I sensed, my parents coming, I'd stop talking. And there's actually this really cute picture my dad took of me. I was sitting in front of the love seat and he was trying to sneak up beside me to snap a picture of me when uh, he like, aha, you know, I got you, you were talking. (laughs) And when he was coming, I leaned around the corner of the love seat and looked at him and smiled Uh and didn't say anything else. And I showed you that picture. Yep, I remember that picture. Uh-huh. Now you have yep. a lot of these children were children that sort of came to you too at a safety in a sense because they knew that they were safe with you and they continue to do so even in your adult life. Yeah. Now, yeah. Do you feel like they came to you? What What do you think is the reason they come to you specifically? Um. Well, even in uh life um with children that I've actually worked with or got to be a part of their lives um I've always connected really well with children Mm -hmm. and um you know always uh 
never felt as old as I was. Yeah. When I was like uh, 15, I asked my mom to see my birth certificate because I didn't believe I was early 15. <laughs> Which is <the laughs> actually of an earth angel is looking younger than you actually are. Yes. Yes. That, that has been fun too. Um, I think the greatest experience I ever had with that was uh, my friend Steph, who I've been very close to for like 16, 17 years. Um, and uh, we went to a CC's pizza. Have you ever heard of those? Yes. Okay. We we <laughs> yeah. Well, we went in and we got in line and uh, Steph told me she was going to do this in the car. And I was like, no, don't you dare. And then we got in line and I had on my uh, old vintage Fila shirt. And then I had on a sweatshirt over it and jeans mm-hmm. and my skull crushing boots and my hood was up and I had a hat on and I pulled my hat hood down and had the hat on and Steph looked at me and smiled and she turned around and looked at the hostess and said three children <laughs> and one adult. And, and they put me through as a child. Wow. So I was like 28 then. Yeah, that's and what, I was like 12 and under. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> wrong with getting she never let me live that one down. <laughs> so as you're coming into learning more about spirituality in general, you already know what you're capable of and what you've been able to do your whole life. But what do you think you've learned most or gained through now sort of becoming more in a spiritual community? I think that um, it's a little, it's a combination. Uh, I have always known the way I was and felt the way I was and been the way I was. And, um, you know, even at that young age, uh, oh, I don't mean to backtrack. I was going to tell them about the toy box if you wanted me to. Yeah, of course. Okay. I have a um, toy box that my grandfather built and it has a hook lock on the outside of it. And uh, it's just the little hook that goes through the loop. And um, I would climb in it at night I'd take my toys out and climb in it and I would close it on myself after I realized why the kids were there to play with me and uh, one night I did this and I went to get out of the toy box because it got quiet and when I went to push up on the toy box it wouldn't open well I was the one who climbed in the toy box and closed the lid I couldn't flip the hook lock up from the outside and put it through the hoop and uh so to make sure it didn't happen again my dad took the hook lock off and about a week later I slept pretty good for those nights and then a week later um it happened again you know they came back and I hid in the toy box and this time there was no lock on it and I still couldn't lift the lid what do you think was happening yeah. in that moment? I think they were probably playing. Yeah. I don't sense that it was like malicious or anything. Yeah. 
that's kind of the feeling I got too that it was like a sense of play. Yeah, but they I don't think they fully realized that I realized the gravity of the fact that they were there with me. Yeah. And what got them there. And uh so it was just games to them. They probably didn't understand why I was scared. Well but I oh go ahead. Almost sorry, go ahead. I did um a lot of researching throughout my life as I was older. I looked into, you know, Buddha and, you know, um, I lived with different families at one point and experienced different religions. And uh, one day I was just like, you know, I, and this is all, it was too um, overwhelming for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I read the Bible uh the first time because I was in the hospital out of boredom the second time I read it um I went back because I realized you're not supposed to read it cover to cover yeah well I got done with it the second time and I still didn't get it (laughs) which I think is the Um, case with a lot of people yeah uh I very definitely all my life as long as I can remember like I didn't have a moment like most people will tell you they had a moment where God came into their life and blah, 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 blah. No, I didn't mean to say blah, 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 blah. That was rude. Yeah, it's real. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, for me, I just always remember, um, and when I say God, I am using the word that people identify when in fact, you know, he's not even a man. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I realized that I, my heart could not, even reading the Bible in the right order, my, my heart couldn't deal with what I read mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, religion in my mind was supposed to be like for fellowship or, you know, whatever. And instead, um, when I was little, it was used against me yes uh, as the fear factor well and then your death experiences that you had would you say that they had a lot to do with your actual belief system now um they have to do with me being positive about my belief system now so sort of confirming Uh, what you already knew yeah yeah And I mean, it was always something like I didn't feel like I needed a book to tell me what to do in any situation, Mm -hmm. like almost like whatever, you know, the higher power, the energy or the light, whatever you want to call it. Um, I just lost my thought. That's pretty good. That was the first time. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And that's what happens when you die four times. No, Um, (laughs) Well, we, uh, we were okay. talking about how that relates to like your death experiences sort of confirming what you already knew to be true. Oh, okay. Yes. And it confirmed and further illustrated another belief I had. And that was, you know, people say that they die and like they meet people they love or, you know, their life flashes before them or whatever. Well, it wasn't like that for me. For me, it was the world that flashed before me. 
So sort of the world and everything it contains. Like, can you explain better? The world and everything that was wrong with it. Interesting. Um, Like, uh, okay, like, say, you know, people who make signs that say God hate, insert whatever they want to say here. Mm -hmm. Um, God doesn't hate. Man. (laughs) Well, God really doesn't hate anyone. Um, Well, I mean, in order to hate, you would have to have a soul or a being or an essence. And while it is an intelligent energy, it, it has no need for those emotions. It's not in a human form like we are on Earth to be dealing with those kind of issues or feelings sort of thing. Yes. So, and... uh, Oh, sorry, go go ahead. Go ahead. No, I... um, I think that was it. (laughs) Oh, uh, no. um, I did see and all the things that flashed before me um i did see uh the earthly form of the energy which would be jesus do you think that that was how they wanted to portray to you so you felt more comfortable or um i doubt it because i think if they wanted me to feel more comfortable they would have showed him to me as i thought he was yeah and how did he do you? He was Middle Eastern. Which would make sense, really, when you're thinking realistically, right. yeah. Yeah. And uh, after the first time I passed away, I saw a movie called Heaven is for Real. Yep. And, or, uh, and then a special about it. And they showed the picture the little uh, boy drew of what he saw because that was a true story yes that's a great story actually yeah and i realized when i saw that movie that that's i was looking at what i had seen and the little girl that that takes she actually draws paintings of jesus and met mm -hmm. him and yeah they correlate with what he saw too that that was the first person he had met who knew what he had seen that was a beautiful book too that the movie was based off of Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it, it's tough because how do you come back here? Especially the first time it happened to me. Yeah. How do you come back here with the knowledge you end up getting? there wherever there is um what i lost my thought again so that when you pass away that is somewhere you'd like to stay oh well yeah that and when you pass away there's like each time i came back with different things yeah and uh the second to last episode um, was the one where everything was revealed to me. 
that was supposed to be revealed to me. And and go ahead, go ahead. Um, oh no, I was just gonna say, uh, and to come back here with that knowledge and know that nobody's gonna believe you, which is something we discussed even before doing this because. Yeah, it's not something that, like we said, you know, we've never even heard of anyone experiencing this. We don't really even care if people resonate with this or not, but it would be cool if there were people who have dealt with the same thing. But we're not looking to change anyone's opinions. It is simply our experience and you can take it or leave it. And what I really would like to know is now going into the experience you had the other night, what was it that obviously you saw light and you had a knowing in a sense without actually experiencing, say, Jesus like you had the last time? Right. But you knew well, that was, was home that you went to. Yes, but this, like, I wasn't even thinking in reference of, you know, God or Jesus or a higher power. I was just so, and seeing a light isn't the right term because I didn't see a light. I was enveloped in light. And at first it was way too bright when I tried to open my eyes. And then I closed my eyes again and I opened them slowly. And then uh, I remember feeling like I was completely free from pain and we like, actually we actually took a video of you because you reached your arms above your head which that in itself seemed impossible at this right. point because of your health issues plus your shoulder issues even having a neck requiring mm-hmm. surgery and you not being able to because of your immune system you being at risk yeah. of sepsis which killed you in the past so you yeah. sort of stuck with this even more injured part of you, not just your regular horrible chronic pain. Mm-hmm. So you coming out of it and like sort of whipping your hands above your, like whipping your arms above your head and then you yeah. grabbed the toy and you like chucked it like baseball and it was like, what is going on? And you hopped up. My left elbow bent the whole way. Yeah. And you like hopped on the floor and did four push-ups, which is like absolutely astounding. <laughs> Well, okay, let's be honest. It was three. I wish it was more, but it was three. Well, no, second time around, you did four. You did two sets of push-ups. Oh, I did it twice? Yep. First set was three. Second set we got recorded was four. (laughs) And then um, I started to feel like, I don't know, compelled to try things that I used to be able to do. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, so I put my headphones on in my stereo and I started singing to myself, singing a long time ago. And my voice was coming out clear. Um, I wasn't short of breath after like the first few lines. And uh, I could like feel the changes in my voice because I have, as you know, a voice of a throaty 70 year old smoker. Well, and uh, <laughs> you notice though, like 
even like from someone as an onlooker, you could tell just in not just your voice clarity, like being more clear, but you just mm-hmm. looked like everything felt more relaxed and not so tense, which would make sense for everything you deal with. But you don't even realize that someone meeting you sick, that that's tension because it's just part of who you are to us. So to see yeah. like that, you looked about years younger because you were so relaxed yeah. your your muscles and stuff yeah and then uh we have a friend named firefly mm-hmm. and uh another uh viewer from my scope run john run and uh am i allowed to mention people yeah you're fine okay so <laughs> um and I went into a broadcast with them after you and Shauna went to bed. And when you went to bed, the pain still hadn't returned. And um, I was talking and out of nowhere, I think Firefly said, are you okay? And I'm like, well, what do you mean am I okay? And Run John Run said, your voice, he said, it, it, you sound like a completely different person. And these two people had no idea what had just transpired. Which is crazy. How long did it take before the pain started coming back? Well, I think we parted ways at about 7.30. Yes. And it lasted till like almost 10 o'clock. That's pretty good, though. Yeah. And what do you think? I mean, obviously, you put yourself into a stance to go into a regression, but I feel like that door was open to you for a reason, you know, to allow you to experience that. What do you think that was? What do I think it was that I experienced? Well, what do you think the reason was for allowing you to have the experience you did? Well, I'll have to tell you from my knowledge and my experience, I have no idea. Yeah. I really have no idea. But it gave you sort of like, um, like you said, it gave you sort of a peace of mind going forward. So it allowed you to sort of, you know, have that fight again, moving forward now, even that the pain is back well, with pledge. Yeah, because uh, one of the other things that um, happened was, oh, shoot, what did you just say? About how it made you feel afterwards, like feeling like you were refreshed for the fight kind of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was almost like, um, like when I came back from where I was, like I still felt enveloped in that light. Mm -hmm. I couldn't see it, but it was like I could feel it. And it's warmth all over my body. I was going to say, and, what did uh, it feel like? Yep. Yeah, it was like, it felt like it, I was standing in the middle of a great, big, bright light. And uh, the fact that I could open my eyes was one of the first things I caught on to because I am extremely photophobic. And, you know, I can, I never have the light in my room turned up the whole way. It has a dimmer switch. Yep. Or turn down the whole way since my dad put the switch in backwards. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but my light is never bright because even the lights in the house can bother me. And the fact that I was able to open my eyes in that kind of light was just 
it's just unheard of. Yeah, it wouldn't happen for a regular person, let alone someone with your sensitivity. Right. And then when I realized I could open my eyes, that was when I started to feel my hands. And there was no pain and all my knuckles moved okay. And uh, then um, even after it wore off, uh, it still was it, it didn't all come back like a flood you know like it wasn't like I was thrust back into that pain yeah um the pain in my neck and my shoulder returned after about two hours but even though it did return um I haven't had a single night where you know I have these two amazing friends who are willing to sit up all night with me while I'm crying because I'm in so much pain. I just want to smack my head off the wall. Have you met them? No, it must be awesome. <laughs> but I think that that shows like to me that alone, that makes it worth it. You know, even amongst everything else, just so that you can sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the night after that, uh, I don't think you, you didn't see me the whole next day until our regular nightly meeting because I slept all day. Yeah, which is pretty odd. I haven't slept that long in years. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, when was the last time that you even remembered being pain-free before that? Um, the last time I was in that place. Yeah. But I was born with bilaterally broken and dislocated hips. So you've never not known pain except for when you've passed away, basically. Right. Well, I mean, I've had, for me, like, if my pain gets down to what would probably be uh, the average person's 10, which is about my three. Yeah. Then I'm happy. I can deal with a certain amount of pain. Yeah. Well, the nice thing going forward is we're going to be testing out more different types of regressions, but... Chrissy can actually be found on the app that she broadcasts at. She is a broadcaster on Periscope. And you can find her there under the name One Blessed Cat. And if you want to connect with her, it would be really cool if you guys either got a hold of her or I, if you have any comments, any experiences that were even just experiences you've had during your regressions that weren't of the usual common ones we'd love to hear about them and i can always pass messages to chrissy as well but yeah we're gonna keep trying these going forward and seeing if we can kind of help her healing even helping her cope with the symptoms she deals with even if it's not a full-blown healing and kind of move from there and see what happens yeah Well, yeah, I'll let I'll stop now since we're almost at 40 minutes. But like I said, you can find one blessed cat, Chrissy, on Periscope. She's always does the morning scope around 6, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> Obviously, you guys know so whenever I get up a.m. Exactly. That time a.m. Yeah. You can find me at And we'll see you next time. Thanks, Chrissy. You're welcome.